Holly to Rise. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been really excited to talk to you um, for so many different reasons. Um, Holly, also known as Jack River, is an incredible singer, songwriter, and just a multi-talented woman. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so awesome to be here on the podcast. So you were just performing at Splendor in the Grass. How did you feel? What was happening in your mind when you were singing and watching all these men and women just, you know, vibe with what you were doing? Oh, gosh, I felt so good. It was so Splendor, for anyone who doesn't know it, is like our... Coachella in Australia. So it's our kind of biggest outdoor festival. And I played five years ago and so much has happened since then. So for me, it was just like this beautiful cathartic moment where I got to reconnect with like thousands of people and sing these songs that have been released over the last couple of years and talk about being a mother on stage to thousands of people. And yeah, it was just a magical magical feeling like it was like a a time marker you know when you get to those lines in the sand in your life where you're like okay we did that and now we're on to the next chapter was there a sense of like surreal for you you know there were people like Lizzo there Jay Balvin and I'm fans of both and then I saw you had it looked like you had a surprise visit from someone uh, that you shared on your social media with Tony I did, yeah. Tony Armstrong is this gorgeous, gorgeous, very attractive man um, who's on our TV stations most days over here. And I asked him to come out and sing with us in one of the songs, which he's, he'd never done before. So it was a really fun moment for like the crowd and him and me um, because I got to sing with a sexy man on stage. You're um, like, and you get a rose and you get a rose. And it, it just looked like you were just vibing. The energy was yeah. incredible. It was really, really cool. So, yeah, and I felt like I guess, you know, I love the theme of this podcast. I can talk like this, but it just felt like deserved. Like my team and I have waited for so long to just get to that festival because it got cancelled a few years ago and all that COVID jazz and we just felt like, you know, we deserve to be here and this is a beautiful moment and it was just like real synergy. So, yeah. I loved the dress too. I loved all the colors, uh, what you were wearing. I was like, oh, so that leads me to kind of what I was going to go to next. I'm a huge Stevie Nicks fan. And I, every time I'm listening to your music, I'm like, she reminds me of a younger version of Stevie Nicks. And I know why. It's the vibe. It's the, um, the mysteriousness that you carry in your songs. And like the way you perform, that's that's what it is. And I, I had to share that with you because what you're doing is so amazing. And I think I just, I want you to just don't quit, like keep going. Like you have this new album, Endless Summer, that came out, super huge fan of the song, Honey. Um, there was a lyric in there that I was like, ding, 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 all the light bulbs are going off. And it just, it's it's just great. Your voice is, is uh, very magical. So Thank you. That is so, it's such a compliment to hear that and really beautiful to just remember, you know, Stevie and her energy and like, and, and that, cause yeah, you can, you, it's so important to remember these incredible people that light the way and especially women, right. And Stevie, I love how she is like always, she's like communicating with the stars or something. And as you yeah. say, it's this like mysterious, sparkly, like otherworldly, 
thing in and that's definitely what I'm doing and probably need to lean into more and go more down the Stevie path. But um, that's a very lovely compliment. So thank you. I, I think what you're doing is great. I keep be you, but I'm saying like, I just, I was like, wow, this is, this is so crazy how much you remind me of her and all the different things that you've been doing. So I also watched you unravel your album, Endless Summer. You opened it, you like the excitement was there. Talk to me about this, this new release. Oh, yes. Well, Endless Summer has taken a few years to, to get out to the world. And I, I feel like I originally wanted to write like a protest album because of everything that's going on in the world. But as the time rolled by, I needed to just escape more and more and was falling in love with this, you know, again, on my first album, I kind of leaned into escapism and I was like, all good, we're doing it again. So, um, yeah, just tried to build another world for people to kind of slip into and get lost in, but also something that keeps one eye open all the time. There's little, you know, hints throughout the record to be like, even though we're dreaming, let's stay awake kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, like getting it in the mail and opening it for the first time is just a beautiful moment like any author or anyone who works in the cloud and then gets a physical object. It's so cool because um, so much of our lives and our industries are, are up in the cloud and like numbers mm -hmm. on screens and stuff. And when you get that thing in your hand, it's a very human, okay, like I did it. <laughs> you did it. That's right. You did it. <laughs> and not only are you doing that, but I mean, you're doing advocacy work. You are a new mom. You're traveling. Um, how do you, what's, what's the energy? How are you keeping that alive? And how are you keeping that balance? I hear you giving away mom hacks and traveling in airports and, you know, can you take your baby here? And I kind of laugh because, you know, once upon a time, that was not the case. And you were quoted as saying, hey, there needs to be this change for moms in music that want to bring their babies. So you've got a lot going on. So how do you kind of keep it all together? And Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I've, I'm eight months into being a new mom. So I feel like as someone who could be termed as a workaholic, I'm <laughs> just hitting the the like balance point where I am realizing the pace that you need to like cruise down to, to do motherhood or being a mom or parent properly. Um, not properly, but anyone will understand. <laughs> um, just do it well. And yeah, I think like any mom who works just says like, you will never find the perfect balance and you'll, because I'm always saying to them, like, I, I think I'm getting it. I, I've almost got it. And then just like, no, <laughs> you will never uh, find the perfect balance. So I guess my intuition is just like, just try to make this work and focus. In my work, I'm focusing on like the most impactful stuff I could be working on. So right now I'm working on like our most important important national political reform and working at the top of the team and pulling really big, awesome things together. Whereas usually I might get stuck in the weeds and 
work on like, you know, I don't know, 10 different things, but I've kind of cut my, my work at the moment down to like, yeah, the most impactful stuff I could possibly be doing and say no or delegate the rest. So that's what I'm doing with work. And with um, Maggie time, that's my daughter's name. um, I guess I'm just learning how to put my phone away and just be there on, on the days I'm with her and go to the local library and sing songs like we're doing that this morning. And yeah, it's so wild the different um, mind spaces that a working yeah. mom. <laughs> I have five. And oh I, my God. yeah, they, their ages are 11 to 31. I have grandkids. And, and so what I was going to tell you is there is no manual. Um, there yeah, is I should no be manual. interviewing you. <laughs> there's, no to- uh, there's no, per- yeah. it, I always say progress over perfection because it's never going to be perfect. Um, you just kind of, I feel like it's a juggling act and you just kind of do it day to day. Uh, luckily three of my older kids work with me. So that's very helpful. I get to spend a lot of time with them, you know, working together. And then my younger one, she gets to watch, you know, from behind the scenes and trust me, it makes an impact. So your beautiful Maggie is going to love as she gets older to embrace what her mom is doing. So, Oh, that is so cool. And I think I'm going to be calling you and being like, what, how do we do this? Um, <laughs> you that's can call me Thank you. Yeah, that is incredible. And I just, don't you think it's just so, it's still so un, like underexplored by our, our culture talking about this and how on earth mothers and fathers, but especially women, do it and what are the the kind of mental tools that we you know that people like you have crafted already that I can learn from like it's wine just, it's still wine. feels like such untouched ground yeah it's wine Maggie okay it's, it's wine, it's, it's wine. <laughs> yeah. when Maggie cries it's you, you just have a little glass of wine and you just breathe you know when she's laughing, you embrace the laughter. When when all these different things, like when the kids are being crazy, you know, I remember when my kids were younger and they were cutting each other's hair, and that's a moment for every mother to experience. Um, a good little small glass of red wine is is the key, you know. Okay. You just have patience and a really good sense of humor. <laughs> so yeah, fully. I've never been a drinker, but now I totally I am beginning to understand why all my mom friends are like addicted to wine. So thank you. All right. I'll, I'll go buy a bottle this afternoon. (laughs) When you are in create mode and you're, and you're writing these songs, where is a lot of this inspiration coming from? Um, I guess it like, it differs, um, from song to song and it's like wherever I'm at as a person and what I what medicine I need in my brain at the time so um yeah like sometimes I've needed to escape and make a fantastical perfect sugary sounding world or other times like in holy men on the record I was feeling you know very much anti-patriarchy vibes and needed to express that so I just really follow what I need as a person at the time. I'm not actually someone who sits there and tries to like construct songs. I just wait until I need to write one and then I do it. And it's 
it's always you go through spells of thinking, oh, my God, I don't write songs anymore. Like, that's so weird and awkward. Am I done? And then all of a sudden something really good or really awful happened and all of a sudden there's a song in my brain. So (laughs) um, I think it's just my exhaust, like emotional exhaust pipe somewhere in there likes to make music. So do you ever, you don't experience like the burnout or kind of, you know, like I write a lot and I get writer's block. It's, it's a real thing. Does that ever happen with you when you're, when you're in create mode, you just kind of get stuck. I mean, you can look, you have a beautiful daughter, so I'm sure you could make a million songs just off of being a new mom and embracing, you know, having this beautiful young life you've created. But do you ever experience that kind of, you know, where you're just stuck, like what's next? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I've actually, I've had it for like a year until this week, actually. It's like, yeah, I hadn't honestly written a song for almost a year and I started to think maybe I don't write songs anymore. I don't know. Um, Like I do, like you, I write in my diary quite often, but similarly, it takes like dropping into your body and being honest with where you're at to write well and write good songs. And I think with motherhood, I've been just still in the like frozen, like what the hell is happening? What is my life? Um, think like phase. And I'm just starting to break out of it and be and drop into my body and like with that comes awesome writing and songs and ideas and you can like feel the world again when you drop out of that like kind of anxiety of, yeah, the first, I don't know, eight months or year of motherhood, which sounds like every woman goes through, like you just need some time. (laughs) Yeah. In the sense of you as a businesswoman, talk to me about that. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced outside of the pandemic being a woman business owner? Like when I was 20, 21, I kind of entered the music industry and was um, doing deals for Jack River and found my awesome record labels and managers and stuff. But I, when I was 23, very early on in my career, I started a music festival in my hometown. Awesome. Yeah, it was like, I guess my first outside of Jack River, which is a kind of incremental business, it was my first big risk as a young person and proper entry into business. Um, And gosh, it just, it taught me so much. We ran three three festivals and it got to around 5,000 people, which is like a small, small to mid-sized festival in Australia. Um, And I... I partnered the festival with one of our largest promoters here. They're called Secret Sounds. They run Splendor in the Grass, the one I just played at, and they're partnered with Live Nation globally. Um, so I started that and, gosh, could go into a, a million stories. But I also started um, a platform and concert series called Electric Lady. So at the time, I don't even know what year is what year it was. It, I guess it was um, – it was just post me too. So was that 2017 kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. So that was, um, I guess my reaction to, to me too in the music industry and 
everyone kind of complaining that there weren't enough females on lineups in Australia, um, but no one was really doing anything about it. So we created Electric Lady and it was like an all-female lineup um, festival that happened at a number of uh, like big venues in, in the country. And we also had an, a, a platform online that profiled um, women doing good stuff like you do here and also just making connections between leading women in sport and music and yeah, I guess it was like just the the early days when when places like this were starting to happen en masse and we were probably a little bit early before that real like real energy um, kind of kicked in globally. Um, but it was a, yeah, a lot of learning and I guess experimentation with creating a concept and turning it into a business and having some, you know, big failures and big wins and exciting stuff happen. Um, and then, yeah, the pandemic hit. So <laughs> um, everything in music, like oh, most of my business interests are music. So it kind of forced me to, to draw back a little bit. And now I'm just coming back and looking at what I want to do next. But um yeah, amazing experience starting a business at 23 and, you know, wheeling and dealing and, yeah. yeah. I love it. So I'm always fascinated behind the artist breakout hit and yours in 2017, Fool's Gold. I, I, I'm so curious about the backstory. Yeah, of course. All right. Um, Fool's Gold. I think at that time in my life I was I was like chasing after this dream in music and chasing after a certain like love interest that just wasn't happening and um I was like putting all of my worth into these you know people whether it was record labels managers this kind of almost imaginary like potential love um and it's just, I just was feeling so tired. Like I couldn't keep up with where I, my value was placed, which was not within me at the time. And um, I was in New York at the time on my own, trying to get a record deal over there <laughs> and walking around the street. Like, you know, when you just, you've just had enough, you've just like almost lost it. And you're like, I need to walk. And move and not spiral any further so I just went walking and um a few days earlier a guy had said to me that he doesn't like roller coasters <laughs> very <laughs> random I love roller coasters big fan <laughs> and I just it just I was like the line you don't like roller coasters how could you ever love a girl like me kind of just came into my head okay yeah and I just kept walking I was like this is cool um I kept walking I was walking around like the Lower East Side with all the cool little crafty shops and stuff and um I saw like some stars in a packet and like plastic stars in a plastic packet and I was like this idea of 
me manufacturing my magic or putting it in a package for other people wasn't working. Like I needed to move putting beyond putting my magic in a packet and thinking it's going to grow from there. Um, so like our stars came in a packet of two came into my head and then I walked past the bar Fool's Gold, which is still there in New York. It just all like landed for me that I was chasing all this Fool's Gold and it wasn't making sense. So, and I was like, I just heard the chorus in my head, like Fool's Fool's Gold shining in the night, so easy on the eyes. Like it all looks so beautiful mm -hmm. and pretty and it would be cool, but it's just, it's all Fool's Gold to me. So yeah, I went home and wrote like most of the song in my hotel that night and um, like recorded a little shitty demo on my phone and then walked around the city till 1am listening to it, imagining this song. <laughs> wow. I yeah. knew there was a story behind the story. So that's going to lead me to my next question. So in the summer, the song, Honey, you say emotion is a game until you light up your home. And I was like, mic drop. Can you talk to me about where that particular verse came from? <laughs> I can, yeah. It um, it relates to some big stuff going on in my life. But yeah, this movement the the West has taken to like take these beautiful Eastern things, like it can start to say that like emotion isn't real and warranted, and um, mm -hmm. bring that kind of ideal into a relationship and I just think that that's not right for women like our emotions are really like magical things that we intuitively listen to and they drive us to really important places in our lives um and I so agree. this is a, yeah <laughs> and so I don't want to lose emotion I'm like not into that whole like emotions aren't real kind of thing and so that line is like emotion is a game until you light up your home like if you keep seeing emotion as something that's not real at some point you're going to turn around and your home is going to be on fire your relationship will be on fire so yeah it's, it's about that I love it. I love it I it's one of my faves so um we're we're gonna break protocol just a little bit and we're gonna bring in uh Stephen to come in. He had a couple questions for you. Uh, cool. He's a big fan, so I'm going to bring him in here. Hi, Amazing. <laughs> Hi, Steven. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm one of the music nerds here, uh, one of the many music nerds here at She Rises. So I just had to ask you a couple quick questions. Because Amazing. I, yeah, I've been listening to your album. It's summertime here in California, so it's the perfect time for it. And one thing that really stuck out to me is the overall production. From the moment I, I listened to Real Life, the first song, right when that drum loop drops, I get like a wave of nostalgia. And I'm like, I feel like this is reminiscent of the music I grew up with, like the early 90s stuff, which I absolutely love. The album is so cohesive, yet each song is unique in its own way. So if you can give me any insight on your mindset going into that, how do you achieve the overall vibe on Endless Summer. I love that. Well, I try very hard to keep a vibe together and I know like the songs are quite different on this record so I had to try extra hard. But um, like, yes, it's absolutely early, mid, late 90s, early 2000s. That's where, when I grew up as well. So I'm always drawing 
the kind of sentiment that we felt in that time, like things were just perfect and like not fucked up basically. So um, <laughs> let's bring that back a little For bit. Um, but yeah, I try to very much like map out the um, visual and sonic world that I want the record to take or a certain song. And I think, I yeah, I bring in a lot of really strong references and keep checking the music against against those to make sure that it is like achieving that kind of stylized thing. Um, and yeah, I use like Pinterest boards for every song and the oh, album. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every song has a Pinterest board and the album has a Pinterest board. Um, and I'm just kind of always like engrossing myself in the vision all the time um and that's something that I just love doing I guess it's like being a film producer or mm. it's that kind of approach is like how perfect can we make this um so yeah I love that process of like I don't know just leaning into the stylization of a record that's cool. I'm definitely sleeping on Pinterest, so I need to download that app and try that out for myself. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. Like, you, everyone has their own way of, like, bringing their imagination into line. Yeah. yeah. But I know I love the seeing things when I write music, so it's like, oh, I'm in a movie in my head. <laughs> yeah. One other a music vision board. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So one other thing that I wanted to ask you, because uh, in all honesty, I'm like a huge Tame Impala fan. I think the term fanboy is accurate. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, which is how I've come to know over the last decade, Matt Sav's work with, you know, he's taken those iconic photos of Kevin for lonerism. He's worked with Pond and Melody's Echo Chamber. And, you know, your music fits so beautifully well with all of those artists. And mm he's directed several I, i've lost count a bunch of your music videos so my question really is like how did that first come about and what was just the experience like all of those times working with matt matt is the best and yeah i'm the biggest fangirl of tame impala ever and it's such a compliment to that because i'm like i feel like i want my music to sit in that world but i don't feel cool enough so like that's <laughs> um but matt is i met him through um johan at my label many years ago i guess it is like six years ago now and he's just the he's got the coolest wackiest imagination and he's a creative who just you say I'm thinking of like a sparkly unicorn riding on a rainbow in Texas and he'll be like I got it um <laughs> he's just one of those people who can immediately jump to wherever you are and um yeah we had so much fun making those first seven film clips together and I really I've been thinking about him a lot lately and like make stuff again with him because he's just so fun as you can see in the film clips there's you know horses and racing cars and mermen kissing in ballroom and like we just it was achievable and 
more and more in music, like the budgets for film clips are just going down and down and down and down. And it's like, no, <laughs> yeah, we need these magical worlds to stay. And yeah, so anyway. Well, again, it's like back in the 90s where a music video would be the the budget was like for a movie. So now it's just so much different. Yeah, I think it's a real shame, to be honest. And I, I hope that we can wrangle it back or it's not like we'll wrangle it. The internet has to decide for itself whether it wants cool magic film clip worlds or whether it just wants artists talking about what they had for breakfast and I don't want to know what you had for breakfast, but I definitely want to see that magical creativity side for sure. Yeah. I want to see Merman kissing and I just like, um, yeah, we've got to figure out how we wrangle that back in or like make the kids realize how fun it is to, to have weird worlds in music. Cause yeah, I don't want to share what I had for breakfast or like what necklace I'm wearing or whatever. <laughs> Thank you so much for answering my questions, Holly. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for jumping on, Stephen. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. you watching and listening. So let's talk about you as the advocate. I know you have a huge passion and heart for uh, climate change and just some of the things that are going on over there. Talk to me about that. What are what is most important to you? Or what are you working on currently? Right now, I'm working on um, the campaign for an Indigenous voice to Parliament in Australia. So, um, we live in a country that was inhabited by uh, Aboriginal people, First Nations people, for mm -hmm. many millennia before um, white settlement, basically. And right now um, they are not recognised in our constitution whatsoever. There's no recognition of their prior ownership of the land or that they are the first people. And there's no mechanism for them to comment on uh, any laws and policies that affect them specifically. And they face um, just f like far far greater health, health issues, um, incarceration rates, racism in society, where as a country we're going to a referendum, which is like a vote where every single person of voting age has to vote in October and we'll decide whether uh, the country wants a First Nations voice to parliament embedded in our constitution. So um, I'm working on that campaign because it's, it's just, I feel so important for every other thing that I'm interested in doing in my lifetime and it's also really important to the elders where I grew up they I met with them and they said they want it and I just yeah jumped in and um got really involved so I'm working on that and doing really exciting things working on a national concert and working on um getting other kind of actors artists um people in the media to be a little more across it and do whatever like private kind of education they need to do to feel comfortable to speak out. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. And I am wishing you the best of luck. I can only imagine the difficulty, you know, when we're, when anyone's asking for change, there's so many barriers that have to be broken through, but I'm sure you'll be able to do it. I have no doubt. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, there's many incredible people working toward it. And um, yeah, it's reflective of everything going on globally. Like it's time to to yeah. listen. So I agree. I agree 100%. There's something else that I also saw that you um, talk about or share, and that is, do you love the ocean? Is that kind of like your 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 zen downtime? I do, yeah. The ocean is just my, my church kind of thing. <laughs> um, it's where I, like, I grew up right beside the ocean. I'm actually here in my hometown at the moment. It's just over there, and... I guess for, for anyone who grew up by the water, it's just the place I go to cry and laugh and swim and dream and um, everything. So, yeah, I've got like quite a spiritual relationship with the ocean and nature and um, also in an advocacy sense, you know, <laughs> the ocean is our carbon sink and yeah, it's going through a lot, and it's going to change a lot over mine and Maggie's lifetime. So, I'm keen to do anything I can to, yeah, help it. <laughs> I I love that. It's it's. I wish more people were like that. That we had a big, huge world movement for things like that. It would make such a difference. But, you know, you're the one leading the you know, you're the one carrying the torch. So just keep going. And I think the more you stand up and fight for what you believe in and the goodness, I think although I think it matters. I think one little step, one big step, anything, any step at all towards the right direction can change a lot of things. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Follow and see what happens with that. So you, um, you have just been this busy bee. I mean, literally everywhere, just singing, performing, writing, advocating, being a mom. And so is what is something that you do on your downtime to help kind of, I guess, get that energy back up again? I feel like, yeah, I'm in a period of needing to slow down, but I, I think writing for me in my diary, like, is um, like the mecca of just coming back to myself and um, finding the rest and reassurance that I need to figure out, yeah, what's going on um, internally and externally. So I, when I get an afternoon to just write, I walk away feeling so good. <laughs> Are you the same? You're an author. Yeah. I love to write. It's therapeutic um, because it kind of helps me, you know, like we hang, we have everything in here and here um, and it has to come out, you know, it has, it's, it's got to come out. It's therapeutic. And a lot of times you kind of get the message from the mess, so to speak, or it leads you into something different. You know, I've written about so many different subjects um, that are passionate to me. And I find the more passion you have about something, the more you can write about it, the more you can sing about it, the more you can talk about it. You know, um, you don't have to practice because it's what's in your heart. It's what you're passionate about. So it's yeah. um, journaling, writing, singing, all of those things I find to be incredible gifts that we've all been given. And I hope more and more people use them because it, it's magic. 
when you're doing it, you know, so. It really is. And I think social media for me has had a big negative impact on my relationship with writing, like where I used to go immediately to my diary, I'll go to Instagram and scroll mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll lose the energy that I was about to dive into. And um, I feel, yeah, like sad for that generation that didn't yeah. have no socials because, yeah, things like writing, you know, every time we were going to scroll, we were like, writing the world will be a different place but yeah I definitely personally need to stop scrolling start writing I I recently interviewed a beautiful reporter from Australia um she took the leap and left Australia and she came to New York uh to be a journalist here and she said that um Oh, she misses home a lot. You know, we had some really great laughs and one thing that I will never forget she shared with me the one thing she said she would never miss from Australia are the spiders. Yeah. Is that a true thing? Is that a real thing? <laughs> it is a real thing. Like it's like we, I don't even know a life without spiders. And, um, but yeah, spiders are so funny. Like here in Australia, I swear I won't see one, but now that we've talked about it, there'll be a huge spider waiting for me somewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> They're like, yeah, a lot of big huntsmans that are like, you know, this big. You guys have some hectic spiders, right? You've got, you've got I mean, like tarantulas, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do. But um, like the way she's describing them, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. So I just had to ask you, is that is that a thing there? <laughs> yeah, spiders and snakes for sure. They are all around and um, I'm definitely scared of them, but. Yeah, still don't like killing them unless they're really scary. I mean, with Maggie, it's funny how ruthless you become where, you know, I used to be like, don't kill the spider. I'm like, kill it. (laughs) So, yeah. So what do you think is next for you? I mean, you have this incredible new album in the summer. You have all these incredible songs on there. I mean, what's next in the horizon for you and Maggie? Oh, well... Yeah, Maggie's just going to be living her life and enjoying the ride, I think. She's um, a pretty magic gal, so she'll just be coming along for the moment. But I'm really excited to, I guess, join my world up a little bit. I've done a lot of advocacy and, like, political work privately, and I'm really excited to, um, now that this album's out, write about it more, talk about it more, and lean into that part of my career. So, um I don't know exactly what it looks like yet, but I'm doing a lot of writing. It might be some kind of book and like leaning into that more. Um, And I don't know. We'll just see what songs come about with the music. I'm so keen to come to the States and do more stuff in your amazing country as well. I love New York so much. I've spent so much time there and Yeah, you know, you guys do magic well, so I'm keen to come and be a part of that. Thank you. So I have one last question, and I know everybody has said, okay, where did Jack River come from? But I want to know, was there another nickname that you were called when you were a kid? Like, what did, did anyone have any special names for you? 
Let me think. I mean, my middle name's Isabella and my mum calls me Isabella. Um, and then though those two friends that I, I made the Jack River up with two friends, um, Simon Woodpecker and John Scarlett, whose names are Annalisa and Grace. And they would sometimes call me Crankin Rankin. <laughs> so that could be my Las Vegas name when I, I come to visit that. you. I love it. I'm writing it down, actually. I like that. Okay. All right. Amazing. But I, I was thinking the other day when I first came to New York, I um, I got offered a record deal and we had to play this like secret show for the executives. And because I was not, um, don't don't find me FBI, but um, I wasn't on a working visa at the time. So I had to like do it a little bit secretly. And I made up this band named Nevada Dice Club. <laughs> <laughs> we have one of those here <laughs> do you a nevada dice club yeah that's awesome i love it <laughs> she said FBI, don't fire me <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't find me don't find me um but yeah i'm like i think we need to get back to the like nevada dice club days i'm ready for my my nevada era <laughs> Well, I hope you make it this way sooner than later. I know you have so many people who want you to stay over there and travel and tour there, but we would love for you to come to the States and, and you know, perform here. And there's, there's a lot of things too, Holly, that you can advocate for here. I mean, there's so many different matters uh, for the world that, yeah, I could just, I could see you just doing it. So I know right? I've been thinking of coming to work on your your election. <laughs> you you are more than welcome because we need the help. That's for a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, episode two coming soon. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, we we definitely need the help. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> But I, I'm so thankful that you joined us today and took the time to talk with us. And congratulations on becoming a mom of a Thank beautiful you so baby girl. And, and just for all the amazing accomplishments that you're doing. You're so young. You have so much more ahead of you. And don't even look for the training manual because it doesn't exist. Just keep okay. going and just, you know, live in the moment and like you said, you said it earlier, you said, you know, being present, um, putting that phone away, all of that, you know, it's, it matters. And, and then when that creative vibes coming in, ride that wave and just continue to create, we need it. The awesome. world. Thank so, you. Thank I you. will. This has been such an inspiring conversation. So thank you so much, thank Hannah. You.